Ion 2020, episode 123. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. What is up, everybody? Ray Eaton here, your host of Ion 2020, the source that you come to Monday through Friday for the news, the related events, all the things that are happening with the 2020 election. I keep you informed. That's what I do around here because that's that's my job, man. Well, I'm a salesperson by trade, and I do that all day, but then I get in front of the microphone every night to make sure that you have the news, the related events, the things that are going on Monday through Friday. It's Monday. Appreciate y'all joining me today. It's usually one of the lower days of listenership, and I think it's because everyone has a backup from all the other podcasts that they listen to. So if this is the first podcast you turn to on Monday morning, I appreciate you listening. I do. You know, we're getting more and more listeners every day to this show, and I love it. I see more and more people that are uh, making comments and making, you know, give me those five-star ratings and reviews. If you haven't done it yet, go ahead and do it. If you do give me a review, I will read it on the show, I promise. And uh, I actually had somebody uh, contribute to the show the other day as well. And uh, you can do that by going to ion, or excuse me, going to anchor.fm slash ion2020. And you'll see a place where it says support. You can throw uh, $4.99 my way. I think that's like $0.25 cents an episode. That's not much, right? Or uh, you could throw $2.99 my way. Or you could go even higher than that if you want to. If you really love what you hear every day, you know. Uh, I would appreciate any type of support. And that was from Sim Whitfield of, Sam Whitfield of the uh, Whitfield Report, and he has his own podcast. He is a uh, libertarian-leaning conservative, and I do like what I hear when I listen to his show. Uh, he takes a libertarian stance on, on pretty much everything. I think he is moving our way slowly but surely, and that is great. Uh, but go ahead and listen to his show as well, Whitfield Report. Uh, but hey guys, I wanted to talk a little bit today about the polls. I do a show on the polls every so often. That's really important that you guys know what's going on with the polls just because the polls are kind of like the horse race that's going on with the election, you know? Um, and some of them, they come out and they talk about Donald Trump versus certain candidates. And then also most of it, a lot of the polls that are going on right now are Democratic, uh, like nationwide polls from the Democrats on who they're going to vote for. You get state-by-state polls on who they're going to vote for as well. And it's interesting to watch. You can usually find all these polls at realclearpolitics.com on the top left-hand side of their page. You'll see polls. Then you can pull those polls. You can pull up those polls. That's way too many words saying polls, sorry. But you can pull up all of the polls, and then you'll be able to see where each of the candidates stand as well. And that's what I do. I I like to look at it on a daily basis pretty much just so that... I could make so I could see what's going on, and like I was able to tell, Pete Buttigieg was moving up in the polls pretty quick. Uh, once he started getting, you know, out there and people started seeing his face on the Sunday shows, and he was doing a lot of media appearances, he was able to get a lot of people that were uh, starting to like him. So you can sl- slowly see him start moving up in those polls uh, over the l- last several months. But you can 
kind of see different people that are slowly going away as well. And that, that's what I wanted to talk about today, though. But first, go ahead, if you can, subscribe to the show. Uh, if you like what you hear, you want to hear it tomorrow, I'd love to see you go ahead and subscribe to the show. And then you can also give me a five-star rating and review on whatever podcatcher you're listening through. I need to look up some of these other podcatchers and see how there's those reviews are done and how their ratings are as well because I know uh, the only one I'm really familiar with is Apple Podcasts and I, I search those daily but if you actually if you end up giving me a review somewhere else let me know about it because I would love to read your review on whatever podcatcher you're listening through there's I don't know 50 or 60 of them out there and I think I'm on about 15 to 20 of them so uh if if you happen to hear the show and you and you made a review, just let me know. You can do that at Ray at IonTheEmpire.com. Let me know what podcast you're listening through, and I'll go ahead and pull that up and I'll pull, and I'll read the review on the show as well. Um, but I have plenty of other things that are going on with I on the Empire. That's my website, IonTheEmpire.com. You can search for me on Facebook and on Twitter also. Eye on the Empire, follow what I put, but most of the stuff that I'm putting online is uh, lots of news and things that are going on internationally as well as domestically uh, with what your government is doing, just to make sure that you are aware of what your government's doing in your name, since we are the taxpayers in the United States. Now, 85% of you guys that listen are Americans, the rest of you guys are outside the United States, right? So... At least you'll know if you go to IonTheEmpire.com what our country is doing to you, the 15% of you, uh, and then the 85%. You'll know what your country is doing in your name because it's very important that we are aware of those things because if our taxpayer money is going to things that we don't support, like war, then we need to be ones that are very vocal in our communities to get people to stop voting in leaders that are going to do that those things that we disagree with actually we need to be voting in leaders that are going to take apart all the framework of the government that does those things that's what we should be doing because our government has its hands in everything within our economy it has its hands in everything within our social framework and it has its hands in every other country in the world and those are things that if our country had a smaller government, more limited, that did way less, that didn't use brutal force against people for things like having a plant, having a, having a, you know, the leaves of a plant in their pocket, essentially, or having the oil of a plant, essentially, CBD oil, and they're going to lock you up for that. If our government didn't have its hands in all of those things, if it didn't wasn't overbearing and did so much if it didn't do so much then we wouldn't have these issues right so it's important that we make sure that we're supporting people that are in the business of tearing apart that government in some way and when I say tear it apart I'm not saying shred the constitution I'm saying get back to the constitution that's for all you all the uh I guess the conservatives out there that might listen to my show, because I do believe in some way that the Constitution is probably the best document ever written in the sense of limiting government. But then again, it has not limited the government that we currently have. It has not restricted the government to the point where... I mean, it's a limiting document only so far as the people hold the government accountable to doing that, right? Um... I mean, we could get down to Lysander Spooner and 
um, his views on that particular topic as well. A lot of libertarians believe in that idea that the gov- that the Constitution is not you know, even relevant because it has allowed the government that we have today, which we believe is completely overbearing. Just think about the time that he lived in. How much more government we have today than the time that Lysander Spooner lived in in the, in the 18, you know, 30s through the 60s, I think, is when he was doing a lot of his writing. He was an abolitionist. And uh, just think about how huge our government has grown since then. I mean, the Civil War allowed the government to grow to the point where people stopped thinking of themselves as Virginians and Massachusetts and, you know, and South Carolinians and thinking of themselves as Americans. So the government has grown exponentially since then. The national debt has grown exponentially since then. The ability for politicians to actually sit there and make promises. I mean, if, if a politician was promising free medicine in the 1850s, can you imagine what the uproar would be that the federal government was going to do that? I mean, people were against the idea of the federal government even helping somebody that had a fire in their house in Washington, D.C. They voted against that. Some people said, oh, we, well, we have the money to do it. We should help them out. No, it's not our money. It's the people's money. We can't use that money for something like that. If you guys want to reach into your pocket and help this person out, that's fine. But it's not the f- people's money that we do it. You would never hear that in Congress nowadays. Ever. There would be no way that someone in Congress would say that. Maybe a Rand Paul. Maybe a Justin Amash. Maybe a Thomas Massey would say that. But that would be the most unpopular thing that you would see. It would be a headline on the front of the New York Times that Rand Paul voted against helping somebody that had a fire in their house in Washington, D.C. Because it was 99 to 1. It would be the front page headline if that was the case. But back then, in Lysander Spooner's time, he was even saying that the government that we have today was, you know, the Constitution could not keep us from having the government that we have today and that it should be shredded. So I don't think that the Constitution should be shredded. I think we should interpret it and hold our hold the leaders accountable in that way. But I mean, there's 300 million of us. It's hard to get every single person on board with that. Obviously, it would be a huge challenge, but at least we can be out there making the case for it every single day with our friends, our family, our associates, our people at work. And a lot of you guys are doing that, and I'm proud that you guys are doing that. I really am. I think that it's amazing that you guys are doing that. But let's jump into the show. Let's jump into the different polls that I wanted to talk about because it's very you know, it's, it's very telling what's going on. Now, national polls don't really matter. You guys know how I feel about that. National polls don't really matter because it's the state-by-state issues that really matter, right? Um, if, if Donald Trump is going to lose in Michigan, if he's going to lose in Pennsylvania, if he's going to lose in North Carolina, if he's going to lose in Florida, then he's most likely going to lose the presidency, right? It doesn't matter if he has 60% favorability, if he has 60% of the vote nationally, he would still lose because of the... Bernie Sanders knows the problem, he just doesn't have a solution for it. 
the way that the polls are uh, when regards to the states, because every state has a certain amount of electors, you know, the, the electoral college and all that. So you don't have to worry about um, the national polls, but it is good to know in general. And the reason why is because that kind of influences people in the states as well. For example, if nationally Joe Biden is going down, then it gives people in Iowa the confidence that they might be willing to vote for Elizabeth Warren. If nationally Joe Biden, or if nationally, nationally like someone like um, Andrew Yang is moving up, then it might give people in Iowa that ability to um, say, hey, you know what, maybe I'll support Andrew Yang. So that'll be, that makes the national headlines in that case. So if you look at the most recent polls that I've found, um, you're going to see the National Democratic Presidential Nomination. This comes from The Economist. And uh, Joe Biden's at 26%. Sanders is at 12%. So B- Biden is up big time. Uh, then you got Warren at 16%. So Warren, has super- in this particular poll, has surpassed even Bernie Sanders, which is crazy. But I think that Elizabeth Warren is taking a lot of people away from Bernie Sanders because of the way that she's framing the argument as I have the answers, I have the answers, I have the answers. Bernie Sanders doesn't say anything about I have the answers, I have a plan and all that. He just talks about the the problem. He knows the problem. He doesn't really get into solutions to problems. He's great at expounding on the problem that is in society. The top 1% has most of the wealth and it's been created. Most of the new wealth has been created. It's going to the 1%. It's true. He has the symptom of the problem, but he doesn't know what the pro- he doesn't know what the foundation of that problem is. He has no idea. He says that the government needs to do more to distribute the wealth that's being created by the 1%. But he doesn't understand that it's policies of the government that is what creates that wealth gap. It's the policies of the Federal Reserve that causes that wealth gap to happen, that causes the 1% to get that money first. That's that's the problem. And the solution is to end the Fed. And that's it. I mean, that's a very simple solution. When you have a Federal Reserve that prints money, it goes to the politically well-connected first every single time. Or the least risky place, which is the major corporation. The major corporation is the least risky place to invest your money. So why wouldn't the Federal Reserve give that money to Lockheed Martin first? I mean, they have a government contract. That the government's going to spend billions with them every single year. So they're going to loan that money to them first. Or Walmart. Or Disney World. It's not going to go to you or me or anybody else to help start a small business. Absolutely not. Elizabeth Warren, moving on up in the polls, she will uh, have the solution to the problem, which is she actually talks about how to make that make that go away, but her solution is government, 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 every single time. Every single time. How do we fix healthcare? Government. How do we end the wealth gap? Government. But at least people are, li- people are listening to that, and they like what they hear, so that's why she would be moving up in the polls against Bernie Sanders. That's why she would be pulling people away from Bernie Sanders. I don't know that she's going to take a lot of people away from Biden, though. I just don't think that's the case. Pete Buttigieg is behind those three with 9% nationally. And then you got Harris, who's there at 7%. She's actually slowly creeping up as well.
Beto O'Rourke still has 3% nationally, and it's very surprising. I don't see it. But he tried to make a push again in the last couple of weeks with his campaign. He's doing lots of Sunday shows. He's doing lots of interviews and so forth. So uh, he's trying to get out there. He got Cory Booker at 2%. He's actually up from 1% on a lot of these polls as well. And then you got Yang at 1%, Klobuchar at 1%, Castro at 1%, and everyone else. You know, Tulsi Gabbard at 1%. I'm driving out of South Carolina a lot for work, and I see Tulsi 2020 signs everywhere. Everywhere. But it's not really helping. I don't think it's resonating in South Carolina. But I haven't seen any polls specifically for South Carolina recently. But you see her signs everywhere. She's the only person that has billboards up everywhere. Uh... We are a military area around where I'm at as well, so you do have a lot of military people, and she, her sign says this, a soldier's heart. I don't think anyone even knows who she is, though, in that case. But, you know, I know who she is just because she took, a, took an anti-war stance right from the bat. So we'll see. We'll see if that works for her. I don't think it will. I think Biden, Sanders, Warren, and Buttigieg, and I still say Buttigieg is a sleeper, man. I really do. I think that he's going to slowly start creeping up as well. He's going to be the more, of those four, he's going to be the more electable candidate as a option different from Joe Biden. So Joe Biden's the most electable in that sense. I mean, it even shows it in the Trump versus Biden polls. Usually Biden's able to beat out Trump in a lot of these states, right? So we shall see. Anyway, um, but moving on. So Virginia Democratic primary, Virginia sometimes is a swing state. But I think it mostly goes Democrat recently, right? Um, Biden, 36%. Sanders, 17%. Warren, 13%. Buttigieg, 11%. Harris, 7%. And then you got O'Rourke, Booker, Castro, and all those below 3% or below. Gillibrand as well. Florida, Trump versus Biden, 47 to 47. Florida is a determining factor in the election. You guys know that. You guys know that. Whoever wins Florida often wins the country, right? Biden, 47% versus Trump, 47%. So it's an absolute tie in Florida. North Carolina, Trump versus Biden. North Carolina is a swing state too, right? Biden, 49%, Trump, 46%, within the margin of error. North Carolina, Trump versus Sanders, 47 for Trump, 48 for Sanders. Within the margin of error, Sanders up one, though. Biden up three. And then you got Trump versus Warren. Trump's going to win by two. Within the margin error, same thing with Trump versus Buttigieg, Trump up three. Trump versus Kamala Harris, Trump up one. That's surprising. Harris is doing 7%, getting 7% of the vote elsewhere, and Buttigieg is beating her in most places, but he still doesn't beat her in North Carolina over Trump. So that's impressive. That's interesting stuff. President Trump's job approval rating, though, continues to stay relatively high on the Rasmussen Reports polls, which is approval of 49%, disapproval of 49%. And I bring that poll up a lot as well, because Rasmussen does the poll every single day. Every single day. And he's able to, it's able to show where Trump is day by day, those that strongly approve day by day. There's only a I've always talked about this one. The strongly approve versus strongly disapprove of Trump. The daily tracking poll. 38% strongly approve. 39% strongly disapprove. There's only a 
difference of one percent, negative one one on that. So that's actually the closest it's been in a while. But he's moving up on the strongly approve as well. I wonder why. There hasn't been a lot of controversy lately, but there is the war thing going on with Iran. And I think that he starts to go down when he starts talking about war with Iran. So we'll see if that's going to be beneficial to him in three to four days next week. And you're going on through the next week and stuff like that. I think you're going to start seeing him start to go down because of this whole Iran thing that's going on. So we'll see. We will see. But his approval rating for Rasmus always seems to be higher than the rest, though. So we'll see how that ends up as well. Rasmussen... It seems like I don't know how they're pulling, how they're how they're getting their numbers, but it seems like sometimes they're a little bit higher on the approval ratings than the other ones. But maybe they ask the questions questions slightly different. They've been asking the same exact question for you know fifty years now or something like that as well. So we'll see. But anyway, guys, those are the polls. It's important just to know what's going on with those polls, just because you know you'll see the trends that are going on and stuff like that but the most important thing is you'll be able to see where these people are with the with regards to you know the topics that they're talking about you know who is resonating with the people the most but the most important polls and I'll always tell you guys about this is Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina when they come out because those are the three states you know, there's three or four states where the earliest voting is done, and that's where you're going to see the most important polls come out, okay? Um, and I'll bring those ones up to you guys as well. But hey, get out there this week this week, and make it a point to tell your friends about liberty, okay? It's Monday. you got a whole week to do it. It's the work week. So let your friends know. Let two or three people know about the libertarian message, okay? Somehow, you can do it. I'm sure you can. Lead them to some libertarian shows like this. If they like to listen to stuff on the way to work. Um, I think that I think that we have a message that's going to resonate with people. We do. Maybe not become a libertarian, but at least when they're looking at their candidates. When they're looking at the lesser of two evils and the state races... In the Senate races, in the congressional races, they're going to vote for somebody that's a little bit more leaning towards libertarianism when that happens. It's a cultural shift. It's a slow movement towards liberty. We're on that bus. We're moving towards liberty. We're not going to kick that thing into reverse. We're not going to turn the bus around and start going towards statism. We're going to move that bus towards liberty. That's what we need to do. So let's do it. And what do we do? How do we create a cultural shift? We talk about it. We talk about it with our friends. We spread that message. We get that one person hooked in. And then now you have two people that are going around talking about liberty. And then you hook up one more person and that person hooks up a few people. And then you have eight people moving towards liberty. And then it becomes an exponential growth towards more people focusing on liberty and freedom and non aggression. They start down that path. They get down that rabbit hole that leads to anarcho-capitalism or whatever, you know? Wherever you might be at. You might be somebody like me who is near that but still believes in some way that there is a reality that we need to live in. We can't focus on utopia, but we need to start working towards that in that way, right? Or you might be the person that just 
I've moved away from the state and I'm not even going to participate anymore. That's fine. However you are, just tell your friends about liberty then. Get them to where you are. But stop believing that somehow, you know, there's nothing that can be done because there is something that can, can be done. Tell that to the founding fathers of a country that, you know, are ruled by a dictator, a king over in England that, you know, sends forces over. Just think about how bad things must have been for those people that they're willing to take up arms and fight against the strongest army in the world at the time. Think about how bad things must have been for those people. And then you, you would you have the people saying, oh, no, just, just ignore them. There's no ignoring them. Just ignore them. That's what, that's what everyone was. Oh, yeah, we're just going to pretend like they're not, they don't exist. That's like pretending that the robber in your house doesn't exist. Is he going to go away? Not till he gets all your stuff, man. So we can't pretend that they don't exist. You can't pretend that the state doesn't exist. It exists. It's they're robbing you every single day. It's they're taking away your freedoms every single day. What we need to do is stand up against it. The only way that you can do that is through educating people, moving people towards liberty, and then get in there and vote people in that are going to participate in that by moving us towards liberty as well. By voting for the dismantling of certain parts of the government and so forth. Thank you guys for listening to the show today. I appreciate you listening. Share it with your friends if you can as well. And then come on back tomorrow by subscribing to the show. Uh, Leave me a five-star rating review. I always ask for that as well. And if you would like to, you can actually go to anchor.fm slash ion2020 and there's ways to support the show there as well as leaving me a voice message. You can do that also. And uh, if you do leave me a voice message, I'll go ahead and play that on the show. If you want to ask questions, if you just want to make some commentary and so forth, uh, let me expound upon things if you need me to as well. And uh, then come on back tomorrow and you'll have clear vision for 2020. My plug for the day is Young Americans for Liberty. I was listening to the Whitfield Report the other day and the gentleman that runs it sam is actually going to the young americans for liberty conference called YALCON, and i looked up this organization and man what they are doing is great so they are on college campuses across the united states and they are trying to get 250 legislators in state houses across the country that will push for a libertarian agenda kind of starting to work a bench you know create a bench for our for our movement. And that's kind of what I was talking about the other day. Getting that getting we're on the 99 yard line right now. We got 100 yards to go and we are the high school team playing against an NFL team. Well, these guys are trying to train these people in order to get them into positions in higher office down the road. Absolutely amazing. Look them up Young Americans for Liberty. If you're a young person, go ahead and join them because they are doing something great for the libertarian movement. <laughs>